0: going to do it right. I'm going to make this a tag team mess.
1: The lights off. Oh, we're setting a mood. No, we're not. I just don't want to waste electricity. Gotcha. Hi. It's it's Christian. You love him. You <laughs> I love him. do love Christian. Listen, I'm a peep from way back. You love blue dots. <laughs> you got a blue uh, denim top on. This is chambray, sir. It's chambray. Yeah.
0: I worked retail for years. That is not chambray. Is it not? I don't think so. Chambray is a little bit. Uh, Less dark, and Maybe. I think it's slightly different material. I mean, this is
1: not denim, I don't think. It looks like my jeans. It
0: looks like denim. No.
1: Okay. This is terrible. This is a fucking audio poison. It's Christian. <laughs> He's visual poison. <laughs> I said last time that yes. Christian
0: was going to be the bridge. He is the bridge. He's been in every major promotion in the U.S. in the last, what, 20... He's been in three. 20 years. 21 years, yeah. I
1: guess that's three that's been the three.
0: Has he ever been in New Japan?
1: Yes, he worked one match when he was in uh, TNA. There we go. It was like a weird six-man, I think, I saw on Twitter. You love Christian. Why is that? I love Christian. Christian's so good. He's never been a top guy anywhere. That's not true. He was a top guy in Impact. Mm-hmm. In 2006.
0: Yep, 15 years ago.
1: I would argue that he's a top-ish guy in AEW. We don't know yet. He has not... He hasn't yet outworked everyone.
0: No, that's a really bad slogan for uh, a debuting t-shirt, you
1: know, like, I'm gonna outwork Kenny Omega. Well, he did, he's Impact Champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, hold on a second, we said we were gonna, we, we absolutely didn't, we said we were gonna use Christian as the bridge, because uh-huh. we talked about his terrible WWE re-debut. Yes. Yes. Uh, last time, mm-hmm. and we said we we're going to follow that smoothly into his terrible AEW debut this time. Yes. But then we got distracted and talked about a bunch of WCW debuts yes. and Goldberg's and all that. Yep. But in the, in a roundabout way, I want to keep my word here, and we're going to talk about Christian. We're going to start talking about Christian today. This is part two of our debut episode. Talking about the ins and outs, ups and downs of introducing a wrestler to your audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, AEW. For everything we love about them, and we do love a lot about AEW. I love AEW. Me too. Big AEW guy. Uh, They're bad at debuts. They can be bad at debuts. They
0: they have a surprisingly high miss rate with debuts.
1: They're really good at course correction. They've salvaged most of the bad debuts that they've had. But they've had to do more salvaging than you might expect from a company that is generally very strong creatively.
0: Yeah. Should we talk about the... the Maybe I'm jumping ahead here because I want to talk about this debut. The, their first big debut outside of John Moxley, which we, we'll get to, was Double or Nothing uh-huh. 2019. And it was after a match with like the best friends, I believe. Uh-huh. And it was the Dark Order, (laughs) Evil Uno and Stuart Grayson, who no one knew. No. They were dressed like jobber
1: goofballs. I don't... Do you remember what they were dressed like? Yeah. They had, well, the... They are... They were the Super Smash Brothers. Yes. Right? They were a a, a tenured... Like, they were a long-term indie team. Yes. But they showed up in, like, the faux leather... Gimp-ish outfits. Gimp luchadors. Yes. And they were reclining on, like, couches made of jobbers also wearing gimp masks. So imagine Dalton Castle's boys. Yeah. But somehow more homoerotic. It, It was worse because they were not explicitly homoerotic. You know what I mean? The boys are very clearly catamites... (laughs) <laughs> they are uh here's your your word of day calendar word of the day catamites are uh, are young male sex slaves receptive anally how do you know about that i know a lot of stuff man of the world
0: okay <laughs> um so i want to start with the bad debuts okay because there's a lot more of them yes <laughs> and i think it we can sort of segue that into the good debuts.
1: Yeah, well, that's what we kind of did last time, right? We did bad debut, counterpoint, good debut. Yeah. All right, so do you want to start talking about Christian, or do you want to start with the Dark Order? Let's go chronological order here. Chronological order, okay. So the first one, as you said, was probably Dark Order, right? And these guys come out. We don't know they're the Dark Order. We don't know them as the Dark Order. We don't know them as heels. I don't even know the Super Smash Brothers. No, no. I mean, we knew, like... Super Smash Brothers were in the kind of indie orbit of guys that were getting signed to AEW. Sure, but did you know what they looked like? No. I had no idea what they looked
0: like. So they debuted in these gimmicks that I think were not really what they looked like before. They certainly didn't have like a, a god S-
1: cult gimmick. No, the Super Smash Brothers I don't think were, were creepy heels. No, I think their gimmick was like a very video game inspired. They were like player one and player two. Yeah. So... Which is why Evil Uno is Evil Uno. There we go. Because he was Player
0: One. Yes. And, uh... Well, Stu Grayson's name on Twitter is, like, Stu Dose, Mm -hmm. I believe. So there you go. Um, They debut. We watched it together. I had no idea what was happening. This is the first AEW pay-per-view. There's a lot of shit on that pre... uh, The buy-in. Oh, the... That awful battle battle royal. Oh, my God. With the guy with no legs? The guy with no legs... Sunny Days, Tommy Dreamer's in there. Was that the first appearance of Orange Cassidy, too? Yes, he comes in and he does the the exchange with Tommy.
1: Of all the weird shit in that pre-show Battle Royal, it, was, it wound up being the debut for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Because it was the first... MJF was in there. The first branded AEW match, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Not a singles match, but you know. Sure. Yeah, MJF was in there. Wasn't Hangman in there? Hangman was the Joker. Yeah. He was the last guy. So... Sunny Days was a guy who I was like, what the fuck? He looks like fucking John Wayne Gacy. I heard the name Sunny Days and I heard them saying Sunny Days and I'm looking around in the ring and I'm like, is there like a surfer dude in here? And no, it was this very large, golden fucking...
0: looking dude. Yeah. He had gold makeup, kind of like gold dust, but less talented. Yeah. Uh, all due respect to Mr. Days. Um <laughs> That Battle royal, I would love to go back and watch it because there are a lot of, if we consider all those to be debuts, pretty bad debuts. Billy Gunn was in it too, wasn't he? Billy Gunn's in there. Marco Stutt, I think, was in there. And it was uh, it was not great. And that really set the tone <laughs> for a lot of AEW debuts. Cause, uh, I think it's after the tag match with the best friends, like I said, and Dark Order comes up. I don't know who they are. The crowd doesn't know
1: who they are. The crowd chants, who are you? Never a good sign. Never a good sign. And... Sometimes... Wrestling tells you who somebody is, even though you obviously know who it is. Sometimes wrestling expects you to know who somebody is, or acts like you're supposed to know who somebody is. And sometimes... We talked about this last week with the AJ Styles debut. Yes. Where Michael Cole was like... Could it be? Could it be? Like, he's acting like he knows who AJ Styles yeah. is, and he's like, You should know who AJ Styles is, and you should be hyped for AJ Styles' debut. This was the complete opposite of that. Because <laughs> it's like, That's. It was Excalibur, right? It was like, uh, That's Eva Luna and Stu Grace in the Dark Order. It's like, is I, mean, it I that can one? tell you, Jim Ross didn't know that who they were. <laughs> Jim, was Jim Ross even signed at that point?
0: Uh, yeah, but he wasn't in pre shows. I think it was like Marvez, <laughs> Golden and... Boy. Golden Boy and Excalibur. <laughs> I like Golden Boy. Golden Boy's better than Marvez.
1: As we, as we, as we
0: know now, he's been off commentary for like two years.
1: But yeah, that was a brutal, brutal debut, and it took a long time for Dark Order to recover. So that's May two thousand nineteen.
0: Yes. Right, and we we could say they weren't salvaged until mm-hmm. what end of summer twenty twenty. Because Brody Lee comes in. Yes. We'll talk about that debut later. Comes in, does what he does with the Dark Order, and then when he wins the TNT title, I think that's
1: when you could say Dark Order had they, been salvaged. They finally had some heat on them. Yep. After he won that, and they they attacked the Nightmare family, and, uh, and Anna J got to ragdoll Brandy. Like, they actually got some heat, heat yep. on him at that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. He broke the title. Yep. He smashed the title, I should say. Um... But no, it was not looking great for a for the Dark Order. And they were, yeah. I was gonna say they were missing on a lot of fronts. They were throwing a lot of wild shit out there. You had, you had Stew and Uno, mm-hmm. who, even though they've been teaming the longest, are kind of the least notable team. They recruit the Beaver Boys, yeah, who are the first like major, yep. yeah major recru- recruits of any note who, who join up with them. And the Beaver boys at the second they join as a job or tag team are immediately the best part of the stable, which is rough. If you're, <laughs> if you're Uno and Grayson who are supposed to be like, Uno was supposed to be the leader and Grayson was supposed to be like his crazy second in command, but it's like, it wasn't working. The dynamic was not working. And, they finally start to add more members once Brody Lee shows up, which is a, like full year later. It's it's really bad, and they have just like I, I said, major acquisitions because they start adding just random dudes in masks. So Dark War is a
0: really weird stable because they do the whole numbering scheme, yep. right? So every every member is like tactically. A number, Right. Like, Anna is 99, I believe. Yep. And so,
1: theoretically, they could expand the stable by, like, theoretically, 85. Theoretically, there are at least 99 members. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't know how Anna got that shit. Who, who's to say? Tony probably is to say. There's Actually, there's 100 members because you have to factor in negative one. We have to factor in negative one. And at some point, the
0: other kid. So, I think one of the reasons Dark Order struggled beyond, like, who are they, was at the same time as Dark Order, you had oh, the God, Nightmare you're... Collective, which yep. is Brandy Rhodes', like, Hot Topic
1: stable, with <laughs> Luther. That's a debut that was. Wait, wait, do you mean Japanese deathmatch legend Luther? That's what they told me. <laughs> uh, and Mel. Don't forget Mel. Mel.
0: Uh Mel no. and so Great so, Ring name Mel. So this is going on. So you've you've got Brandy doing these weird like she's breaking uh 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 like what's like dolls or I don't Wood know. Do dolls, you, yeah. Voodoo dolls you got Mel for some reason. <laughs> um
1: awesome, they, they brought an awesome Kong for this. They brought
0: an awesome Kong. Where she was cutting the hair off people for no a, reason, Well, really.
1: assumedly also voodoo reasons, but she's, like, doing a, a Brother Broody gimmick. Uh, she... Unbelievably
0: dumb. Uh, they eventually dropped that. But as is happening, as, as Dark Order is happening, Nightmare Collective, then you've got, like, the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. We're a similar aesthetic. Basically, uh, dark characters. Gimpy. Gimpy. Um, who really didn't have much of, like, personality or character, so they all just sort of blended Right on the show, and, and I think objectively, I think uh, most people would say, you know, the early couple of months of Dynamite, which, populated, which, which was populated by a lot of these um, stables, wasn't really well-received and not very good, and so if you wanted Dark Lord to stand out, they couldn't, because right. there's, you know,
1: these other... Groups, factions. Well, if you recall, there was actually like a a fan theory back in the day that all of the diff- different dark groups were actually all the same group. And it was like uh, this grand dark conspiracy that was going to envelop AEW. And the ex- Exalted One, whoever that was, was going to be revealed. At the time, we all thought it was Marty Skrull. Well, it was
0: supposed to be Marty. That was, I think it was eventually revealed. But then he, like, re-signed with Ring of Honor. With, yep. like, this crazy sweet deal that he stayed. Yeah. And
1: then the leader was rumored to be... Matt Hardy. And then Brody Lee. Yes. And ultimately, I think the best case scenario won out. Uh, well, Matt Hardy, it's a really interesting... They debuted on the same episode. Same night.
0: And it's really interesting to see what happened with both of those initial gimmicks because brody uh despite his weird getup, his gear was not great it was at first. bad
1: i think his kids made it it was the <laughs> most it was the most indie gear i've ever seen it, looked, it looked, so, looked like pajamas so bad but to their credit like he switched it up pretty pretty quickly after He he went from the weird it was like purple it was the most indie looking thing i've ever seen yeah it was, like, these baggy purple... And you've, seen,
0: and you, and you've seen Joey Janelle Russell, so... <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Yes. Uh, it was a bad look. A good debut overall. hmm Sure. Um, good promo. It was supposed to be in Rochester. Yes. And wound up not being. So that... Despite the fact that Brody didn't get to debut in his hometown and had to debut in one of the first, it might have been the first, uh, empty Arena Dynamites. It was a a relative success. Yeah. He grew into the role, he became much more comfortable as a talker very quickly, and they established a working dynamic with the rest of the Dark Order, and Brody became such a success that he got everything on track with the Dark Order. Now, Matt Hardy, debuting in the same episode, teleported. hmm Which was interesting. Um... What's... Interesting means means
0: what to you? <laughs> What's your definition of interesting?
1: Listen, I... I like the broken stuff. I do. I like the broken stuff. You know, I love goofy shit. You like Christian, yeah. No. I, shut up. <laughs> I love that... I love that... that Matt Hardy's fucking drone went to Chris Jericho's house. And I don't mind that. That was, that was fun. <laughs> that, that was good. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> he unleashed the hounds, right? Yes, he unleashed the hounds, and I still, like, almost two and a half years of dynamite later, I don't think I've laughed at anything as hard as Chris Jericho standing up from a hot tub to reveal he's wearing jeans and a belt in the bath in the the fucking Whoa. hot tub. <laughs> fair. fair. And fair, then fair. he was going to give a baby-sized T-shirt to a drone.
0: <laughs> okay, but but <laughs> they, they feel the same night. Yes. And, like, you like the broken stuff. I don't like the broken stuff. It's not really for me. But, I mean, I think it says something that the broken gimmick, which was very over in TNA, yes. in fact, over on the internet. People loved it. Uh, sort of over in WWE when they tried it with a the, with the Woken
1: variation. It was as over as it could be without Vince McMahon understanding what the fuck it is. Good point. It doesn't last that long in AEW. No, they drop it. They they make it to the stadium stampede. Yeah. Which is what the end of May. Uh, double nothing May. Uh And immediately after that, Matt Hardy's like, not gonna do this anymore. And uh, <laughs> I I
0: speculate that was a Tony Khan, like where I I don't really, I don't want this on my show. That's what I have uh, a surmise from listening to interviews with Tony and Matt. It's like, wasn't really feeling it. And so then Matt had a, he reversed course and kind of went to a.
1: Well, now he's, he's a weird manager now. Well, he's big money,
0: yes. Matt, right? So he's going back to big money, Matt. But in between, he was like, Matt Hardy will never die, Matt. You yeah, know? during the Sammy feud, right? Where he almost died. Yes, <laughs> but didn't. You'll never die. (laughs) Uh, Just like uh, Vince's mom. Um, Jesus Christ. She's old. She plays tennis every day. Okay. Mario Tennis? (laughs) Uh, So, Brody, here's the thing about Brody Lee and the Dark Order. Uh, They really get over, yes, because of Brody, I think Brody gave them star power and like a main event angle with Moxley and and, and Cody, but they were getting over on being the elite. Which allowed John of the Beaver Boys, Silver and Reynolds, and even Grayson and Uno and all the other 20,000 members.
1: Um, you named everybody but Colt Cabana. No. He's not in the group, is he?
0: Colt? Is he in the group? Yes, he's with them every week. Yes, but like the storyline was that he wasn't
1: in the group. He's wearing their colors. He I has mean, yeah, when Brody died,
0: now he's in the group.
1: Um, Colt Cabana, and of course, uh, 5 and 10.
0: Five, who now longer no longer has a mask, yeah, character looking like everyone else in that group, <laughs> um, but they, they were able to get over on being the elite, which is like interesting, because it wasn't dynamite, right, and being being the elite uh, um, is way more comedic in like fourth wall breaking than dynamite, so it was really interesting how they were able to get it over there and then translate that. To a TV audience
1: Without necessarily breaking the fourth wall And it's so interesting because If you don't have them being total goofballs On the YouTube show People wouldn't re- I mean John Silver is the same wrestler But all of a sudden John Silver is a fucking superstar Because we know he's funny He's funny and for some reason That makes
0: you pay attention to his matches When it Maybe should it, when you think about it But it,
1: it does well, it's a personality thing, right? We understand that he has a personality. So, Dark Order is an example of a debut that goes badly, that gets salvaged later on. Yes. Matt Hardy is a case of a debut that did about as well as it could. Yeah. Right? Well, have then, been better
0: with an audience, but they you know, can't do that, so... But
1: it settles down to the mid-card, which is where Matt Hardy obviously mm-hmm. should be in 2021. Um... Who's, who's next in the, in the order? The Dark Order as it were. <laughs> the next one that I'm thinking of is the very first episode of Dynamite. And AEW had been doing fairly big debuts on the big shows. Moxley mm-hmm. shows up at, was it the end of Double or Nothing? And yeah, at the end of Double or Nothing. So Moxley is a huge example mm-hmm. of what we should talk about. Moxley, right? A fucking great debut. Yeah. He comes out of the audience to end the show. He attacks Jericho. He attacks Omega. Mm-hmm. He establishes himself as a wild card, literally, on this casino-themed show. Sure. He gives us these uh, iconic Somebody shots. Somebody say he's a wild thing. A wild thing. There he go. makes your heart sing. Yeah, no, he makes does everything groovy. He looks like a star. He acts like a star. He's treated as a star. He's the biggest a... star
0: they've got at that point. Even, yes.
1: I would say more than Jericho at that point. He had been bigger more recently. He had been hotter more recently. Jericho probably had a higher peak but 20 years before. Exactly. But Moxley was fresh and he just wrestled in New Japan. Mm -hmm. So there was Forbidden Door buzz around him before Forbidden Door was a thing, really. So here's Moxley. He's coming in. He's attacking both Jericho and Omega and he's... A massive name, a massive signing. He sets the precedent that anything can happen in AEW. He's the Lex Luger defecting. You know what I mean? And the first Nitro. So, when? I mean, there's not too much more you can say about that. It's perfect. pretty
0: much. His run so far has been uh, pretty goddamn great.
1: So, So. Moxley's debut is about as good as you could ask for. Uh, It sets up his run perfectly. But it also sets the precedent that these big AEW shows are going to have big debuts at the end.
0: Now it's, I gotta interject here, so I know I'm a mark for uh, Phil. Yes. But the one of the issues with the AEW with these debuts is people like me, i very recently <laughs> thought. Every oh time my God, it's punk. Yeah. Oh my God! First dynamite, all out, all in. Uh, revolution. We'll get to that one. Um it's going to be Punk, right? Because, you know, AEW was founded on the idea of we're going to get all these guys that are f- the biggest stars or free agents, and, like, Punk was one of them. And so it's the first Dynamite, October 2019. Uh, up until then, there were just, you know, Fight for, fight for, the, fight for the Fallen pay-per-views, or, uh, what's the other one? Fighter Fest? Fighter Fest, yeah. Where, you know, good shows, whatever. No one's really debuting on them, though. So... We have, like, about five months of build from Double or Nothing to Dynamite. And everyone's excited. It's GC, home Dave Batista. He's not showing up. But <laughs> who's going to show up on Dynamite? And it was the main event. Uh-huh. Um, I just used the bathroom. Uh-huh. And the post-match angle, right? It was after yeah, the match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to tell the people... I want to tell we the
1: people who it was. It was, uh... This thing on? It was Jack Swagger. Mm-hmm. Swagger. Weather are crickets? <laughs> uh, it was a... It fell super flat.
0: No, okay, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. To us, it was like, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah. The live audience, because they like debuts, uh-huh. generally speaking, uh-huh. reacted very positively to this. I don't remember this. I watched this episode uh, of Dynamite not that long ago. Really? Yeah. My friend has a Plex. Illegal. <laughs> um, they react really well to it. And so, like, kudos. It's not a bad debut. It's just... Like, on a rest of my, yeah. do I admit her? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And And hug? <laughs> and it, even to this day, like, he kind of sticks out. And not because he's tall, but because it's like, this guy? Like, where's Wardlow? You know, like I mean, no one knew who he was. So you can't really
1: use him as a surprise, but it was a weird choice. It's a weird choice because he wasn't hot. He was a couple of years removed from WWE at this point. And even when he left WWE, he was a couple years away from being relevant. When was when was the We the People run? That was in 2013. 2013. Right? Yeah, 2013. So, 2013, that's when he had his big run opposite Alberto. It got a WrestleMania match out of it. Yeah, the Mania in, uh, in Jersey. So, 2013. Uh, 2013 to when is this? 2019. Six years later. Six years later, and like three years off of national TV, right? Uh, probably two, two or three. Or three. Right? Yeah. And I I was not sad when he was released. No. So he's check. several years removed from TV, and several more years removed from relevance before that. Yes. I saw him wrestle Rob Van Dam in the most disappointing indie match I've ever seen in my entire life, Poughkeepsie, New York. And you've seen Joey Janela. I have to, is on TV I saw I saw Darby Allen versus Pentagon Jr at this which was a great match even though I don't like Darby Allen
0: why don't you like Darby Allen we'll get into this same reason <laughs> Can we like, have a podcast about Darby Allen yes yeah,
1: yeah, someday um but yeah it was it was uh, Jack Swagger versus Rob Van Dam and they did a Rob van Dam versus we the people like dueling chant spot. Well it's a indie show, what do you expect? I expected somebody to take a fucking bump. They don't want to take a bump. It was like watching two Hogans wrestling each <laughs> other. <laughs> Jack Swagger had lost so much like so much muscle mass mm. and he clearly didn't have any new wrestling gear. He was wearing his old WWE gear and it was baggy on oh, him. Oh no. He didn't even bother putting on wrist tape or elbow pads, so he just looked like a weird dude. You know that one? That's when... upsetting. It was fucking bad. So that was the last time I'd seen him before he showed <laughs> up on okay. Dynamite. Okay. And he comes out, and uh, that was it. The iron was hot for a debut, and they put a guy on there who wasn't necessarily... There's not much value in Jake Hager. And, and, there's in, not.
0: In defense of AEW, because you know, I'm Mark, who are they really going to get? Like, WWE wasn't releasing anybody... Uh, Most of the big name talents were either in AEW already, retired, um, or for that matter,
1: uh, like, you know. At, At this point, the three big names were Goldberg, Punk, and Batista. Those were the three big names that people were speculating could show up in AEW at that point, because those were like the big free agents. Oh, at the I time.
0: remember that that like uh, rumor at the time that Goldberg had followed. I think it was a rumor. Like he had followed Tony Khan or something <laughs> on Twitter. Or like, he followed AEW, whatever it was. Yep. And so people, you really know.
1: Yeah, it, it, that, those were the three big names, and it yep. wasn't going to be any of those three.
0: I mean, it could have been Punk, but it wasn't Punk. Right. He ends up showing up on backstage for wwe
1: like a month later right and then goldberg showed up <laughs> yeah 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 so beat bray Wyatt, didn't he yep cool so that was that was that was a fair a fair enough debut yeah people liked it yeah from the night of yeah but then it ultimately doesn't really go anywhere well yeah, you got a, a but about as much juice as you're gonna ring out of jake hager in 2021 yeah. similar to the matt hardy situation you know what I mean? Like, it's a, a good enough debut for a guy that has limited utility yep. for for what it is. <gasps> yes? I, I, I know which debut I want to talk about next. But which debut do you want to talk about next? The Best Man. The Best Man. It's probably the next one, right? Yeah.
0: <sighs> Woof. Okay, so this happens during the pandemic. Yes. There is, like...
1: There's some people in the audience at this point. The pandemic, the pandemic timeline is weird because to me it feels like it's like two weeks after Brody Lee shows up. It might be months later. Who knows? No, pandemic was. Wait, the Brody Lee, I'm sorry, the Mirror uh, debut. The Mirror debut, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. After oh fuck, man,
0: there's so many of them. <laughs> yeah, because um,
1: at, at some point they start coming. Yeah, they start coming.
0: They, 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 they uh, the AEW like home, uh, thank you Jacksonville video that they played yep. when they left. Daily Splice? Well, so many
1: crazy ass So many goddamn interviews that I forget all of
0: them. Um, But we'll do... We don't know the order of this, right? So Miro shows up. He's somewhat teased. Sorry for hitting you. He's somewhat teased like a week or two before by Kip Sabian. (laughs) Right. Very overact, guys. Super over. (laughs) Undercard comedy heel Kip Sabian. Who has a t-shirt now that says, underrated and over it. (laughs) Come on, come on! <laughs> is You're... he gonna wrestle?
1: Who cares? No even offense. even when Kip, I like Kip. What? I, I like Kip. Listen, I think Kip is fun. Kip had had a little gimmick going on for a while where he was like managing Penelope Ford, but he was bad at it, so yes. he was constantly trying to cheat and getting fucked over. That was fun. That was a fun little gimmick. Here's the thing. It's Kip Savian.
0: So he <laughs> he does a segment because he's marrying Penelope. Yes, somehow. And yes. He says, uh, "I I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna introduce you to my best man." I think he said very handsome. Yeah. And I immediately thought, yeah, Rusev, or Miro. And it was. Yeah.
1: Not a lot of people... A weird choice, because given what what Rusev was, Uh and what Miro would come to be, debuting him as the sidekick of Kip Sabian, who's already basically the sidekick of Penelope Ford. The least over guy in the act (laughs) is, is Kip. So... Fucking weird. People, some people thought it was Miro. I wasn't convinced that it was, and they're like, "Oh, it's clearly Miro." I'm like, "Why would it be? <laughs> why would it be Miro?" And now, looking back on it, why was it Miro? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought about it all the ways that, like, maybe it's a cock angle, and he gets it, He gets with Penelope. To, that, Never I, happened. I thought that was especially when it was like there was gonna be a wedding. Like, oh, he's clearly gonna no. It went no. It, Listen, why do you have... There are two things. There are two things that Miro, formerly known as Rusev, is great at. One is being an absolute monster in Wrecking People. Yes. Two is being in weird, cucking storylines. He took him a while to do one, and he (laughs) didn't do the other. But man... What? So he debuts...
0: And it's a good pop. I'm, I'm excited. I texted you. Yeah, and he cuts the... He cuts, like, the... The glass ceiling. The glass ring The thing. TNA promo. <laughs> yes.
1: Right? Like... He's also dressed. Like Odd. a... <laughs> he's dressed like a fucking, uh... What even is that outfit? I want to say, like...
0: I don't know what it is. The word that comes to mind is influencer, but that can't be right. He's wearing Gucci, we're Versace. Too, we're
1: too old to describe what subculture he's dressed as. <laughs> a guy with money. Yeah, but he dyed his hair. But not like an old guy with money. Like, uh, like a, like a rich fifteen-year-old.
0: I don't know. It was like, a weird if, like, so, look. like
1: if a if a fifteen-year-old got rich on TikTok. You know
0: what it is. You know what it is. Uh, uh, Will Smith's kid. What's his name?
1: Uh, uh Jaden. Jaden Smith. He's dressed like Jaden Smith. I think so. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's dressed like a rich teenager. Okay. Then he I guess we agree. Despite the fact that he's like a massive Bulgarian dude in his mid thirties. Dude, the blonde the bleach blonde hair is so weird. And he's out there and like the people like looked up his outfit and it yeah. was like a a Gucci and Disney collab, collab yeah. outfit. And it's like A $2,000 t-shirt with Mickey Mouse (laughs) on? So I think that... I mean, I don't know. As you said, I'm too old for this. I think the
0: the, the term would be like a hype beast. Okay. Where they wear, like, shit like that. Uh It's either very expensive or, like, these weird collaborations. I should know this. I worked in retail for way too long. I think he's going for the hype beast thing.
1: Okay. I could be wrong. But I think that's what it is. And the... Gimmick is that he's friends with Kip because they both like streaming, like they're both into Twitch. Wasn't that like the basis for? That it? was the yeah. They play video games. Right, they play video games together, and this allowed them to get into a video game based feud with Who's best friends. What idea was this? Like, is this a Tony Khan idea?
0: Is this Miro saying, "Hey, Tony, I have a Twitch channel. I really need to promote it on live TV every Wednesday night." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Television, uh, it was weird, and they did the the uh, the the segment where they go to the arcade, yeah. and the guy from uh, that documentary
1: is there. Oh yeah, um, um, fucking Billy something. Yeah, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell from the King For, of the, Kong, the disgraced <laughs> former Donkey Kong world champion, well, Billy Mitchell, because he ter- it turned out that he cheated.
0: Okay, I mean, he was. I guess that's bad I don't know <laughs> uh, but, but again another debut Billy Mitchell they as they botched, were supposed to
1: know they botched that hey uh, th- that's okay. one for the uh, for the eventual fake families episode Billy Mitchell Bruce Mitchell Reverend James Mitchell there you go
0: who's Bruce Mitchell I
1: don't fucking know I think Bruce Mitchell is He's from a like Peter Torch. yeah no
0: that's you think thinking of Bruce Pitcher for sure
1: I'm not thinking of Bruce Pritchard. You're thinking of Bruce Pritchard. No, I'm
0: thinking of Bruce Mitchell, which is like a journalist for like PW Torch or something. I'm definitely thinking
1: of Reverend James Mitchell. I know who you're talking about. Minister. I know who you're talking about. All right. So, Miro. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. Yeah. Miro, fucking. This is a. It's a the, the initial debut is okay, I guess. But the initial run is fucking wild. It's terrible. For months. And then he murders Kip in the locker room they and we're run. off to the races. Yes. Well, they had the wedding ceremony, which was... He... They lose in a... I love Orange Cassidy. Yes. They lose in a feud. Yes. To, like, the best friends. Yes. Okay. And Miro's mad enough about that that he decides to murder Kip and break his arm. Yes. It's been this... I feel like that was, like, ten months ago and Kip is still gone from TV. But Miro goes on to have this fantastic run. Now he's going to fight God. I love That's it. That's wild. <laughs> so Miro salvaged.
0: Yes. Um okay. FTR. FTR. Solid debut. They get the releases from WWE. There's not a non compete from what I remember. And they show up in their pickup truck yep. car looking thing. It uh, is a pickup lo- truck And you look mean. like a car. It <laughs> <laughs> had wheels. And wheels. Yeah.
1: That's why Cash I got.
0: Wheeler and Dax Harwood, right? Is yep. that the name? Related to uh, Wheeler Utah. The A W. We have to do an episode where like all the names are like. I love that AEW W doesn't care. They yeah. don't
1: care because people don't get confused. WWE thinks people will get confused if people have like, have similar names. <laughs> Here's the thing. I get confused. I listened to a, a review of uh, Dynamite, yep. like the most recent one,
0: and I went out of the room and came back, and they were talking about Wheeler. So oh, they're doing the Wheeler Yuta John Moxley match. No, <laughs> they were doing the FTR match. Anyways. <laughs> um, Tier comes in, and they immediately tease, go to, the, the program of the Young Bucks. Yep. Which, it's a dream match. Dream match, so, I mean, why wait? And they, they sort of waited, right? They, they teased, like, an alliance, and that eventually became, um, uh, the feud, right? So, why do you, what do you think about their run? Because I feel like it's, it started high, hot. And then kind of went down. They weren't doing much of anything. And then the pinnacle stuff. I think and now they're, you know, now they're feuding with the Lucha Brothers. I
1: think they were hurt pretty bad by the Young Bucks heel turn. Yes, they were. Because they are top guys, right? This is your this is your ideal top heel tag team. Mm-hmm. But the Young Bucks are also a great uh, heel tag team. The young bucks needed to turn heel for the Hangman Page story. Yeah, so it had to happen. So I think FTR got their their run on top cut a little bit short. I think they'll be back um, once the pinnacle kicks into high gear. Once we get the MJF title run uh, or title program, I think. We'll kind of do a gold collecting storyline mm-hmm. with those guys. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have Wardlow as TNT champion or something. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, certainly not Sean Spears. Um, take that, Spears. That was Spears. a great debut. Uh, also in the uh, the battle royal, right? Yeah, he got a good reaction. Yeah, he got, a, he got a good reaction. How long did it take him to split Cody's head open?
0: That was so. That was May that he debuted, and he did the kill turn. Wasn't it before the MJF match? Because the MJF match is at full gear, I think. Yeah, it was so a,
1: he, he. wrestled Cody at Fighter Fest or something. So some we're shit, talking
0: right? only a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. Um. But back to FTR. So they debut. Uh. They don't they like lay out the Rock and Roll Express. Yes. And totally, totally gets added to their. Yep. Uh, their their tag team, their stable. Um. And you know, I think they've had a pretty good run, pretty good debut. Uh, I think it could have been better, for sure. But to your point, they they turn the bucks, and then so then they're the top heel team. And when you're not the top heel team, it you know, you're gonna suffer.
1: Yeah, a little bit. It's the, kind of the Moxley thing, right? Like Moxley is a top guy. If you if your top guy spot is occupied by something else, find mm-hmm. something else for him to do, which is easy enough for Moxley. to put him in a tag team, but you're not gonna you can't split up FTR. Yeah. So they they got a little more mileage out of the the gang warfare stuff with Inner Circle versus um, Pinnacle Pinnacle yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie Kingston speaking of John Loxley Eddie Kingston yeah they they had a number of debuts in the TNT Open Challenge yeah, yeah. Um, Warhorse not so much Eddie Kingston had a. F- Fair enough debut, I guess I thought
0: it was pretty goddamn good. I think he, I thought he came out with fire and uh I haven't watched the match back, but I thought the match was like really great when I when we watched it live. Uh and he got signed off of it, so Yeah. It must have gone well when Warhorse did not get signed. Uh Ricky Starks, also Oh absolutely. TNT open challenge competitor. Uh did well. Uh, you were a big fan of him mm-hmm. even before AEW. Oh yeah gets signed and he's doing pretty he's doing well. I mean he's not in a top top program, but he's he's where he's gonna be right now, uh, as they, you know, probably pull him away from Taz at some point and then he gets a proper singles run. Uh probably as a heel. Uh, what else happens? Lanza Archer debuts right before the pandemic. Yes. Because I remember him in the audience with like Jake or Jake had come out confronted Cody uh, and then, like the week later or something, Lance comes to the audience, and uh, he's had a weird run. Yeah, you're a fan of
1: Lance. I, I'm not, I'm not so much. I love Lance. Uh, well, hold on. I think we're getting a little. We're getting. We're talking about stuff other than people's debuts. That's a debut. No, we just said. Well, he was sitting in the audience. That's his debut. That's his debut. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, there's probably like we don't need to talk about the debuts that are are pretty okay. Like, there are some that are great, and there are some that are bad. Now, we talked about some that are great. There's got to be some bad ones. I thought we started off with the bad ones, then we, we transitioned to the good ones. Well, we were just sort of bouncing back and forth. Now so we fight? My point is, yeah, let's fucking fight. Uh, right. My point is, we've got we've had like five in a row that were just kind of, all right. Okay. I want to talk about Christian. I want to talk about the Mark Henry, Andrade, whatever the Sweet fuck fucking thing. fucking Jesus. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, let's do that one first. Are right, you wanna talk okay because because it's only within a couple of weeks before or after there's another debut which we'll get to. But it's on a set I think it's like a Friday or Saturday dynamite. It was one of the weird dynamites where they had to preempt it. It wasn't a Wednesday. And it's like it's Mark Henry comes out, he comes out of double or nothing, okay? And then he's then on like the dynamite after and he's doing an in ring segment. I believe, mm-hmm. and then he's interrupted by Vicky Guerrero, who I don't know if for anybody else. I tune her out. I don't. I never really like the act. I'm not really paying attention. And she's yelling. She's yelling. It, it's all like cl- cluttered this entire segment. And then blah, 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 Andrade. I'm like, what? <laughs> Comes out to no, no music. music. And. You know, Excalibur's like, oh, it's uh whatever. El Idolo! And it's pretty
1: good that's a pretty good Excalibur, wasn't it? Mm.
0: Uh he says nothing. Does he say anything? He does say something. He comes in the ring, he cuts a promo. Unforgettable, like pretty uh forgettable promo. And then he's like has one match on T V <laughs> where he beats Matt Seidel and then he's like only in vaccine segments.
1: So... What the hell? So, noted for his strong promo game, that's why. Um, yeah. Now, you brought up Matt Seidel. Okay. Matt Seidel. <laughs> I forgot about that. Through no fault of his own, no. to be fair. But Matt Seidel, not noted for his promo work. Not even noted necessarily as being, like, a tippy-top no. worker wrestler. Like, he's very good. He's very good. He's, he's like, very good, but... He's not, like, Matt Seidel, with all due respect, was never in the sort of best-in-the-world conversation. When you think of Great High Flowers, he is one. Yes. But that's not who you think of. He is one, yeah. for sure. Like, top 20 of all time? Sure, okay. absolutely, yes. But that's, right. like, that's a crowded... Like, he's not Rey Mysterio.
0: He's best known for taking the RKO yes. through the Shooting Star Press. I still watch that from time time. He's
1: also known for uh, for getting suspended for smoking fake weed in WWE. Spice. <laughs> called Spice. He's famous for his high-flying moves. Yes, he is. That yeah. is what he is famous for. Not even this. This is my point. He's famous for his high-flying, his top rope moves specifically, <laughs> not for his barn burner matches overall. He's famous for a specific yes. type of thing. Okay. It's the one thing he's got to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he debuts in the Joker position. Yes. At, I forget which, Double or Nothing. Runs out as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is always supposed to be, like, it's either a debut or a surprise return or yep. something. He runs out and everybody's like, oh, it's Matt Seidel. Or he, uh, you know, he fall- happens. He falls the fuck off the top rope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does, <ain't that>, brother. <laughs> he falls the fuck off the top rope, which could happen to anybody. Matt, Matt, you're Matt. Yes.
0: The other Matt. Matt no, I'm, side I'm out. I'm the big beef pup boy, or <laughs> we <what you> got? <laughs> he debuted at All Out in yes. 2020. Okay. As the surprise entrant mm-hmm. and as you say, slipped <laughs> on <the> top rope. <laughs> he could have died. Yes.
1: Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scary, very scary. But this is a a very 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 literal example of a debut falling flat. Yes. On its face in this case. Yeah. Um wolf,
0: so, Polar opposite of uh, Andrade. This is the connective tissue. Um what a great debut. Yeah. There's some rumors in the day during the day that you know, maybe Tommy End might show up tonight, but no one's confirming anything. And then they they build it throughout the show, right? The first match they foreshadow it yeah with the yeah. lights flickering. During the Cody match. Um, which, you know, cool. Like, I, I remember I thought, like, oh shit, yeah. it's coming in. But this, you know, I watched WWE and I can never, like, b- buy into my own hype. Like, I can't,
1: because I'll be disappointed. So um, wait on that SmackDown hacker.
0: He'll show up in AEW one day. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they, they, they foreshadow it. And then, there's a segment with your boy, Glock Anderson. Double A. Um, uh, and then, boom, let's go out. Mm-hmm. Tommy End, or... This
1: is... The one fumble of the debut was like, what do you call the guy? <laughs> we talked about this in uh, back in episode two, um, where we talked about... Because uh, we recorded that episode just after the debut happened, and fucking Excalibur is like, that's not Tommy End, that's Malachi Black!
0: Like, what are you talking about? What I love about, like, in kayfabe, to me, it means... Excalibur's on Twitter all day and saw the video that Tommy had posted where he is Malachi Black. Uh Uh-huh. And that's how he knows the name Malachi. Because he's never used that name before. Like, it's never been Malachi Black since Alistair.
1: And and Excalibur even says, weirdly enough, he's like I've known Tommy End for years. This is not Tommy End. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Is it not? (laughs) It (laughs) is. Like, so, Uh, when that when that debut happened, that weird fumble... All he had to say was, don't even mention it's Tommy End. Just like, it's Malachi Black.
0: But I think, the, the, as, as we may find out later on, I think
1: Tommy wants to do both. It's a Mick Foley thing, right? That's yeah. going to be the reveal that, like, it's a Cactus Jack and Mankind yeah. situation. Someday he'll turn face and he'll be Tommy, Tommy, Tommy End. End. Maybe that's the idea.
0: Yeah. Because, like, for weeks after, they would so like, say, Tommy End or Malachi Black, whatever he wants to be. Like, a they'll. Reference the the Tommy N name, so uh, a bit awkward because in wrestling we don't really have like when Evan Bourne was in Evan Bourne in WWE, it wasn't like Matt Seidel and Evan Bourne. It's like no, it's it's one guy. Uh, Bray Wyatt is the closest example of like the Bray Wyatt and the Fiend, right? Yeah. Um, So, but no, Tommy N had a great debut, fantastic, done very well, not a heel. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Not a heel. Not uh, a heel. Not a heel. What has he done wrong? Kicked arm. Kicked arm, yeah. Okay, but arm,
0: we find out later, will kill a man.
1: <laughs> he will kill a man
0: with a gun. It, he, because you went by his car. That's all I've got. <laughs> you, you, you... You, you knocked got too t- close to his car. You tried to open his windshield, and he got real upset. Uh, so... Fish around in his khakis for his Glock. Remember when he fell off the? Uh... Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we've done, we've done FTR, we've done Andrade, we've done Tommy End. Mark Henry's debut was f-
1: whatever. It was fine. So like comes out and says, like, "Hey." Right. Like, I think it's... it's. I think it's time for Christian. Um, oh. Chris- Christian. Christian. Yeah. The problem is, all, none of these other debuts. These these debuts were all surprise debuts. Christian was one that they promoted.
0: Tony Khan was on their podcast saying it's like a Hall of Fame worthy guy. Which is true. Uh, um, one of his favorite wrestlers, which I guess is true. He was promoting it like... He was promoting it like it was CM Punk. Or like a Brock Lesnar, like some crazy coup that was not going to happen.
1: Right, so to your point earlier... Because AEW was on this hot streak originally, and then again, it was really ramping up around this time um, of just free agents and people who were, you know, just snapping these guys up. Um, the fact that they actually promoted this one, as opposed to just debuting somebody like, oh, here's FTR, or oh, here's Miro, or here's Thunder Rosa, right? Like, here's somebody that we're bringing in for this spot. Yeah. The fact that they debuted it and teased it for like a week or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And promoted it as a major surprise, a Hall of Fame worthy. Like, people thought it was maybe Angle or Christian. Yeah. I heard Christian as an, as, as an option. I think Christian was like the most likely, and I think most people understood that based on like the well, social media stuff. Yeah. I saw like a lot of people were like knocking it around and like, well, Christian is the most likely but most disappointing. Like the only the thing that was counting against Christian was the fact that most people would consider it to be a letdown, because Christian is a former world champion in multiple promotions. He's, uh, uh has been a main event guy at different points, yeah. but has always been a dark horse. Like, has not been a tippy tippy top guy. Never has been. I think Christian would have been better served by
0: not promoting it the way they did. And to your point, as a, as a surprise, if they could have done the latter match that they ended up doing the Double or Nothing, which was Leo Rush's debut, if that was Christian as the Joker at Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. and maybe there's some light rumors like, hey, he might go, he might go there, he might not go there, but you don't promote it like, you know, Hall of Fame, all that stuff that Tony did, I think that would have done him a,
1: a world of good. A, a Christian did, has been used very well. Christian was, just like we said about Matt Hardy, yep. has been used about as well as you could use Christian in 2021. And Christian turns out to have more gas in him than a Matt Hardy or a Jake Hager. He's been consistently used well. He's very good in these six men matches that they that they've used him in. He beat Kenny Omega in a very good match. Yeah. I know you don't like love Christian, but you gotta admit that was That match was really good. Apart from the tag match and the match with Brian, that might be the best Kenny Omega match we've seen in mm-hmm. AEW. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good considering he's wrestled Pack and John Moxley. Sure.
0: That's fair.
1: Like, Christian is a fantastic worker in the Bret Hart mold where it's like you don't necessarily notice what he's doing, but he is fucking, he's he's orchestrating everything. He's making everything make sense in such a way that the story is absolutely perfect. Christian is a wrestler's wrestler in that way. So I think you can, like the story of that match even, was him anticipating Kenny and outworking Kenny and staying a step ahead of Kenny and waiting for Kenny to make a mistake and taking advantage. Absolutely perfect. If this was Tony Khan's plan as to how to book Christian to use him to his strengths, it worked. But you can't start out by saying, this is a major star. It, It turned out to be, I think the problem is this. All the things they said about Christian were true, technically. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Christian deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but probably not headlining a class, right? Christian is a former world champion. Not that he ever had a really great reign in WWE, and he was a dominant champion in TNA. He was a big fish in a small pond when it happened. He is a... Famously good wrestler, but never in a conversation with a Shawn Michaels or a Kurt Angle or, or a Brian Danielson. Like, uh, Also,
0: I don't want to interrupt, but he also is part of a very famous tag team yes. where the other guy yep. makes him look, and this is unfair to him, makes him look like the Janetti, And like that's not who he is, but Edge is way closer to Shawn Michaels than... Christian is to Shawn Michaels.
1: In terms so, of star power? Yes. In terms of work rate, I think Christian's probably closer. Sure. No, but like, he also re-debuted, like, you know,
0: timeline-wise, like, Edge had just come back too. Yes. So,
1: and he just, and Christian had just come back in, in the Christian Royal Rumble. Christian with Edge.
0: <laughs> um, and he's doing the spear, it's, 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 it's so, the whole thing.
1: the problem is that what they're saying about Christian is true, and I see what Tony Khan's trying to do, where he's like, Christian has been treated in such a way that sells him short for too long. I want to reverse that trend. I'm a Christian fan. I want to present Christian in a way that plays to his strengths that's and most, treats that's him... most of his part is a Christian Coalition. It, the gives a, it gives... I want to give Christian the respect that he deserves, and I want to, uh, uh, I want to present him in a way that a worker of his caliber deserves. Mm-hmm. Right? But the problem is that Christian whether or not he is that has never been presented as that. So people aren't expecting that. And when you are saying, Hey, we have a major, 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 excellent, crazy star that you're going to fucking lose your minds over. And it turns out to be a perennial also ran in Christian, even if he shouldn't have been presented that way, was presented that way. It falls flat and it feels like a bait and switch. Even though it wasn't, because Christian's been used very well. And I think you would be hard pressed to disagree that he was a bad investment. Or you'd be hard pressed to say that he was a bad investment. And Christian's worked out very well. But they overhyped him. They overhyped him for what he was before they got their hands on him. Yeah. I think that's the problem. So Christian was okay, but another TNA alum. Yes. Former tag team partner of Christian's, actually. There you go. Uh, As Tony Schiavone might say, it's
0: Sting! Sting debuts in December of 2020. Winter was coming. Winter is coming. Winter came. Yeah. Um, they had been hyping up this show because it had the Omega Moxley title match. Yes. Um... They were also hyping it in a very subtle way. And I remember, I don't know if I told you, I think I did. Where they would have Darby, Darby Allen, emo, (laughs) emo face paint baby. Um, (laughs) He'd be in the rafters. Yep. Looking hella emo. And I remember thinking, like, that's like, that's like Sting, right? Like, you know, Sting. But Sting was under a WWE Legends Legends deal. deal. The Legends deal expires. Uh, Obviously, sometime in 2020. And then, you know, they freeze them up. But Sting had been retired. Yeah. Right? Spinal stenosis. Seth killed him. (laughs) Um, And so, I don't know how many people expected Sting to show up in in AEW, much less, like, Russell. Russell well? Russell, like, really well. (laughs) Um. But he, but it, it's winter is coming. Um Is Team Taz was that the was that the what was going on, Team Taz, Cody and Darby? Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Darby oh, Darby Taz is great. <laughs> Can we talk about Taz? He's fantastic. Hook. That's Hook. a debut one day we'll talk about. <laughs> um but there's a, I guess there's a match with Darby and Cody and Team Taz, Big Schmaz, you know. He was about to take advantage of the baby faces and then it starts snowing.
1: I thought it was Glacier. You hoped it was Glacier. <laughs> I hoped it was Glacier. I fucking, you know I love Glacier. He was in
0: AEW at some point, technically. He was at All In. That's AEW. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, it starts snowing. That song hits. Great song. Very good song. Uh, still prefer the original WCW Crow Sting song. But yes.
1: Dude. Unbelievable. The Starcade version with the, the little kid reciting poetry? Yes. yes. Fuck yeah. Um, which, by the way,
0: sidebar, how come WWE never used that song? Did they... Could they not afford the rights? Because they could. <laughs> I, I think they just owned it. I mean, it's WCW...
1: It's on the network. Why did they, why did they decide he was going to be Crow? Because he was a vigilante. Vigilante... Right, the vigilante thing, yes. Come on. But, like, he was always... He never had Crow sounds. No. Not at all. But his WWE theme was all about... Ah! Yeah. They <laughs> uh... did the same thing with Raven, where it's just like,
0: I like Raymond's song too. Just uh, so. anyways, uh, so he shows up. He shows up looking fucking baller with the gray hair. Love me some gray hair on my wrestlers. CM Punk too. We'll get to him in just a second. But uh, I watched that clip on my DVR and on YouTube, no less than thirty times.
1: I got I I had I had goosebumps, mm-hmm. and not just because winter was coming. There you go. Because. It's Sting. He's back on TNT after twenty years, mm-hmm. looking like a million bucks. And they, and his debut,
0: like what he does is it's not even subtle, but it's it's subtle enough where he picks up Cody. But, you know, but he's not interested in talking to Cody. He stares down Arn. Stares down Arn and his then he, old his old horseman enemy. Yep. Yeah. And he he you know, Darby comes to his feet. And, like there's this like you know yeah look in confrontation and it was really interesting because it's like I didn't expect this sounds dumb, I didn't expect him to even acknowledge Darby because again if this was WWE uh-huh like the the least over guy the least known guy and that big shark comes in that guy is not gonna be interacting with uh like a Darby you know right. but it was clear that they wanted you know those two together and it's turned out really well but the other thing they've done is that initial Cody and Sting promo I love
1: that where Cody just assumes that Sting is gonna wrestle him and Sting's like Haha, no yeah
0: cause you know if <laughs> I don't believe this all Cody's not turning heel Cody's gonna turn heel Cody's been a heel Cody's been a heel but he's you know what would be great is that I didn't turn heel but he's a heel yes like he's in, he's in uh, delusional but like that's a match that I think they're going to get to it at some point, as long as Sting stays healthy. Um, Cody and Sting, uh, maybe Sting's actual last match. Um, what a way to build heat for Cody, right? He retires, Sting. What a That's dick! Awesome. What a dick! Um, <laughs> not just because he named his daughter the dumbest name he can name daughter. Um, so Sting, you know, everyone's freaking out. Can he have a match? this guy's brittle everybody was like he can't have a match and then <laughs> he had a match the path of cage what is
1: it rage of cage what's <laughs> what's, what's uh, Brian Cage's song say oh well it used to be Taz say no one can stop the path of cage it when turns it, out you can you can and he's not really doing much of <laughs> and, anything and it turns out uh, his wife on twitter can stop the, the path of
0: cage um but I that segment where Sting takes the power bomb yep from uh, Brian fucking Cage, mm-hmm. of all people. Was like, he survived that. Was like, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and then he's you know, he been in a number of matches, even on Dynamite. They're not even just saving it for big pay per Wrestle fucking 2.0! Love 2.0, that's a good debut. Um, but he's, he's done exceptionally well. He's a great talker. Uh, yeah, really good worker for his age. Uh, is hop- I think he's hopped out Darby. I think they figured out the dynamic mm-hmm. for a little while it was a little weird. they yeah. broke skateboards into windows <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I enjoy I enjoy it. and eventually you know you can assume they they will have a match mm-hmm. uh, not maybe that as a heel heel or heel baby
1: face. but uh sting very good debut I enjoyed you know what I'm really loving my favorite thing about sting yes. is the I miss the sting promos actually. Sting was doing great promos for a while, um, but I really, I really enjoyed the weird little uh, quasi stable that was going on with Moxley, Eddie uh, Kingston, Sting, and Darby yeah. Allen because these four men have absolutely nothing in common. Can
0: I can I throw out something? Yeah. Can we get that quasi stable with Punk versus the Pinnacle?
1: Five on five. Give me that. I want that shit. It, it, fucking uh, blood and guts. Do it.
0: The are they're, uh, the the Leach card says Punk versus Wardlow. Yeah. I mean, maybe Wardlow takes out Sting. Maybe. And and I'm MJF's it with Darby, and mm-hmm. someone needs
1: to invent Sting. Why not? Uh. Phil? I, I I would love that five on five. That is a very old school WCW. Like, oh, Sting's got to get together his babyface friends, and it's like, well, here's the Steiners, and here's Barry Windham, and mm-hmm. here's Ricky Steamboat, just whatever random. Braun
0: Breaker somewhere in the back <laughs> somewhere, you know?
1: You can't get closer to um, to Barry Windham than Hangman Page. I mean, unless you're talking about Wyndham Rotunda. That's for another episode if he, if he shows up. Uh, which, if he
0: does show up, by the way, it's going to be soon. Yeah. His contract's up in, like, a day.
1: <laughs> um, so Sting was an awesome debut. Sting was an awesome debut. The rest of them, I think, are pretty much going to be awesome debuts. We already talked about the ones that... There weren't actually that many. There were a couple of notable failures, but there have been more good ones than bad. I think there have been more okay
0: ones. Good, yeah. I think good indicates, like, uh, like, off the bat, they've done well, and they never really faltered. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of, like, it was okay, mm-hmm. you know, like, whatever. Uh, but then AEW... Uh, has such a high bar
1: that it feels yeah. weird when it's not a home run.
0: And so... This, you know, we have more debuts after staying. We talked about, talked about a lot of them. Crowds come back and mm-hmm. for Double or Nothing. And then in July is when they really kind of go on the road. Uh, that's where we see Tommy End, Malachi Black. And then, I remember the date. July 20th, uh-huh. around then. Fightful. Mm-hmm. There's reports of CM Punk maybe making a return. AEW likely landing spot. I, I sent you that link.
1: And it's, I said... I said I'll believe it when I see it yep. because we talked many times over the past couple of years about how Punk is not coming back and how I don't think he's ever coming back and I think that he's lost a step and I don't think he would come back if he was going to lose a step and so yep. on and so forth. I was fucking wrong and CM Punk came back.
0: Yeah, so United Center August 20th on a rumor they sold it out. They learned from the Christian thing. Tony had to come out in an interview saying I know what everyone's expecting. I will not disappoint. Which is the closest thing
1: you'll get to him saying, it's Punk. But he didn't promote it directly. No. It was the opposite of a surprise because we knew it had to be Punk. It couldn't be anybody else. Unless it was fucking Michael Jordan. Right? Like, it had to be CM Punk. That's the only thing that would make sense. And they sold out the show on trust alone because it's like, Well, they wouldn't have done this if it wasn't punk. Yeah. Right? Um, And that's the amount of of goodwill that AEW had. Mm -hmm. This despite the fact that they did disappoint us with Christian. I say that as somebody who wasn't disappointed with Christian. Um, But it could have only been punk. Unless it was punk, it would have been a monumental breach of trust. And Goodwill, yeah. which is AEW's primary weapon, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all they have over WWE. They don't have WWE beat in star power, or I guess they do kind of in funding, but not in revenue. Sure. Right? The one thing they definitely have WWE beat in is Buzz and Goodwill. Yeah. They would have burned so much that Goodwill if it wasn't CM Punk.
0: There, there was, like, these... Uh... These takes online of, well, you know, it can be Brian. Like, they probably won't be upset if it's Brian. Like, In Chicago, they will be. Yeah. You put, you put that show at MSG, and then it's Brian? Fine. Because it's not Chicago. Um, but, you know, we watched that show together. That day felt so long. You looked in my eyes. What did you see? Phil Brooks on my TV. <laughs> um... And it felt, even now, to this day, it feels pretty surreal that he's on a wrestling show (laughs) seven and a half years removed.
1: Um, This is one of, it was one of the best debuts I've ever seen. One of the loudest, most sustained pops. uh, The dude cried. Yeah. The dude cried on television just walking out when when he heard the pop because he realized that people didn't forget him. Yeah. Um and I know that we're getting into psychology here but like to walk away from wrestling totally the way that he did the main it was the main thing in his life. Yeah. And in order to he said even like in order to heal psychologically I had to not interact with that shit for yeah. years. And thank you for understanding that, but you could see how touched he was that the efforts that he had made were not in vain and that people still loved and appreciated the work that he put in, even though it was hurting him at the time. Yeah. And you could see that it was so genuine. Like, fucking Jim Cornette loved this. Like.
0: (laughs) I mean, him being positive about. (laughs) About anything. About anything, much less AEW. um, Yeah, and
1: to have him and he, like I heard, I listened to a whole like 35 minute segment he's like, it was perfect. It was yeah. perfect. Like, uh, my jaw dropped because the legitimately what he said was. This is not what I would have done. This was better. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: That's a really good uh, Jim Cornette. No. Yeah. Um, it was. It, I I. When you left that night. You probably watched it ten oh times. Oh my god. <laughs> ten? Maybe more. And it was each time. It was. Just surreal, because, again, as, as a as a mark for him, it's, you know, like, while I always wanted him to come back, and I always hoped that he would come back, I don't know if I ever thought he'd come back, right? Like, eight years, I remember, it's basically eight years, seven and a half years. Um, You know, I remember thinking at times, like, uh, to myself, like, I gotta get over this, like, <laughs> he's, it, there's so many other great wrestlers. Yeah, it's right? not gonna happen, It's right? not gonna
1: happen, there's so many other great wrestlers, like, you, you know it's like an X like like what yeah. if she comes back like man she ain't coming back yeah
0: um and and so when it happened it was it was it was crazy and the promo was great the the, the they got the music the the right audience
1: the buzz like it was perfect and we talked about this in the defections yeah. episode like absolutely everything was perfect
0: yeah um and i think this like is a good segue into maybe the last chapter of this podcast which is like this is the kickstart to the perception of AEW changing, and then All Out, which bleeds uh, into the, the show in Newark, which bleeds into the show in uh, Arthur Ashe in New York, and, and where AEW is now when it comes to brand perception, and if you're, ta- you know, maybe we'll get to this, like, if you're talent on the outside, and there's a few that, their contracts are coming up. Yeah. Um, what they'll do, but it's CM Punk, Darby Allin, not as the main event at no. All Out, which a lot of people, myself included, like, it's gotta be the main event. I thought it was gonna be the main event. Um, they end up going with Christian and Omega yep. for the AEW title, but Punk's first match back, I was, we talked about this, like, uh, you know, not recording, like, who knows if he's gonna be any good. Yep. You know, and, and I, part of me expected him to be like, well, Edge came back, and like it's the same amount of time away, and Edge did pretty well.
1: But um, but CM Punk, as much as we both like CM Punk, CM Punk was always never quite as athletic as he thought he was. I don't know if he thought he was either. <laughs> Even in his prime, he uh-huh. would do shit like that flying clothes on, it looked like dog shit. Like, he would hit the high kick and fall on his ass. Like, mm-hmm. he was always a notch below where he thought he shut was. Up, shut up. So... We thought, okay, well, he's got seven years of ring rest on him. Like, he can't be... it turned out he was fine. He didn't do as much high-risk stuff. He's clearly taking more of a Bret Hart-style approach. Yeah. The Darby Allen match was very clearly patterned after uh, Bret versus uh, one 2 three, Kid. Yeah. Like, he's staying grounded. He's keeping the matches grounded. He's mm-hmm. keeping himself grounded. It's been absolutely great.
0: Yeah. He I, I, just had the match with uh, Seidel on Friday. Uh, I mean, he's.
1: The match with Hobbs he, was great. Yeah,
0: he's having really good matches. Are they the greatest matches? No, but for a guy who's been gone for basically eight years and uh, is having to keep up with the new style of wrestling, right? He's not sticking out like a sore thumb.
1: And he was never a Bryan Danielson.
0: No. So Brian Danielson. No. It's a Brian Danielson. Yeah, funny you should mention. Funny. So, how do we want to do this? The main event of All Out. I watched it. I didn't watch it live, and you were texting me, but I was like, "No spoilers." Yep. Um. Well, the first surprise is Ruby
1: Soho. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Yes. Okay. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Um, that song made made Can her. agree? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. It's so like so fucking like. It, well, you can't underestimate how helpful it is to have a song like that that people can. It's
0: sing. not even okay. So it's a song for yep. sure. Her vignette, yep. vignettes were great. Like, that is how... You know, if you're wanting to make a big splash, and maybe the WWE didn't do you many favors, having, like, this narrative in these videos... And I don't mean EC3 narrative. Um, <laughs> Hashtag. It helped her a lot. Because uh-huh. those videos were done really well. I actually kind of know the guy. He lives in Jersey City. Um, like, they, it was great. And then she got the song... And she ends up winning the match, which is fantastic. If this is WWE, she'd lose. Um, and it was, like, a really great debut. Mm-hmm. She's over. She's over in every dynamite. She's
1: over immediately.
0: Yeah. And, like, she was never over in WWE. Not
1: once. Even at NXT, she was not, never. like... She wasn't she, even pushing in, really, NXT. She was always around. Yeah. But she was never, I'm always around. It doesn't mean I'm good. She was, she was on the main roster for, like, two years doing nothing. She got her own... She had her own stable named after her. They did nothing. Right, yeah, uh, right, Squat. so she debuts. Great debut.
0: The AEW needs more women in their women's division that can go, that are stars. Um, they also need more TV time, so that was great. Uh, didn't know she debuted until later. And then it's the main event, and uh, how was that main event match to you? The main event match itself was good, not as good as. The Rampage match. No,
1: no. no, I think the Rampage match was better because the outcome was more in doubt. Mm -hmm. Like, I could... I didn't buy that Christian was going to win the Impact title until it seemed like he might win the Impact title, and then I was fully on board. I knew he wasn't winning the AEW title. Yeah. So, I knew that wasn't going to happen. That wouldn't make any sense storyline-wise. So... But the placement of the match... Despite all the rumors, right? The placement, the fact that it went on last made me realize that something big was happening at the end of the night. Yes. So, that also made me not really invested in the match because I knew the match match. wasn't the point. Yep. So, they go through their match, it's fine. Um, And then... (laughs) Kenny calls out the Elite. Yes. They're all in the ring. Mm Mm-hmm. And boom, Adam Cole comes out. You you forgot. There's
0: more to it. Okay. He He's cutting a promo. Yes. Where he's saying all the people, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase, all the people that could come in right now and, and take this title off of me are either... Oh, uh, dead? Dead. Yeah. Um, They're retired. Mm-hmm. Or they're too tired... Uh, or, like, they've already had a match and they're, like, they're tired. I think that's what he said. He definitely said the dead part. And so, let's go out. Right. And it's... It's boom. It's boom. And it's Adam Cole. And I don't know about you. And the Brian debut is huge, and we'll get to that, obviously. I think the Adam Cole debut and and everything surrounding that is gigantic. Because it's a guy from NXT it's who baby didn't boy. want to go to the main
1: roster. It's Hunter's boy. Yeah. Sean's boy. We talked about this in the NXT episode and the Defections episode. It's baby boy. It's BB boy. Um it is the it is the the son of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Yeah. It is the guy that they wanted. Yes, it's Cameron Cade 2.0. Don't
0: don't you say his name say his name <laughs> in vain. But he and that to me, and I said it before. I so was saying like, I, I, I half expected him to show up in AEW, but I also thought like they're not gonna let him go.
1: They're gonna give him a, a crazy deal. They're gonna give him even if they give him even if they pull a Braun Strowman, yeah. and they give him a stupid amount of money that he's not even worth, yeah, and then they have buyer's remorse about it a year later. Yeah, they'll do it. They'll still do it. They'll, and they'll,
0: and if they know they're gonna release him, they'll. You know, bury him and whatever yeah, they'll,
1: else. yeah, they will use him, they will abuse him, yep. and they will say, well, now you can have him. After yeah. they've spent a year beating him like a drum. To his <laughs> credit,
0: to Adam Cole's credit, not a dumb man. No. Because he, he had whatever meeting he had, he saw years of NXT to main roster he, and thought...
1: He had the meeting with Vince... And Vince decided they wanted to make him Keith Lee's manager.
0: Allegedly. I don't know if that's really confirmed, but yeah.
1: <laughs> and they wanted to come his They, they wanted to come his hair. They wanted to
0: change his name. Like, what? Uh, huh? <laughs> Would he just be Adam? Um, he couldn't be cold. He could get cold? confused. Unless you just change it to a K. Um, or it becomes French, Colet. Uh <laughs> So he, he,
1: he leaves. Great for him. Great. Best decision he could possibly have made. And they tease it. Like they tease the the, the oh. idea that he's gonna come in as a babyface against the elite. Yeah, people love Adam Cole for some reason. I like Adam Cole. He does the he does the bay, bay and everybody's yeah. in the whole he fucking has good of, matches. Yeah, I mean in the segment he does the bay, bay. I'm yeah, not saying that's all he does. Yeah. Okay, I hate story time with Adam Cole. <laughs> um, I hate that shit. So, that's so, nothing. Alright, he comes out
0: gigantic pop. Everyone's expecting Brian Danielson because mm-hmm. that's been punk teasing on TV. Punk teased it on TV. He also wrote AC on his shoe, and some other letters as well, which he denies mean anything. Right. Yeah. Um. So, Cole comes in, jaw jacking, and then boom, he's with the elite. Yep. Boom. Boom. It's all about the boom. It's all about the boom. I like that song a lot. <laughs> uh. So, all right, Kenny's back to Kenny's promo and is gonna do the good night, good luck, whatever fucking yep. bullshit he and, says. And
1: they've teased us. Like, we thought they were they were teasing Brian, and then they brought out Adam Cole, yeah. and we thought we were going to get Adam Cole as a big baby face, yeah. and then he didn't as a heel. That would already be... I mean, we're, we blew past fucking Minoru Suzuki, also on this oh! same show. So, like, they have stacked it so much. Like, we got Ruby Soho, we got Suzuki. Now we figure, oh, we've got Brian, or we've got Cole. Four major debuts in... One night is absurd. Unheard of. Yeah. Irresponsible. Um And yet And yet, well yes. yes. Um
0: So does the whole good night and bang and the music hits. And it's not final countdown, it's it's the uh the ride Ride of the Valkyries. Uh which then goes into a weird techno rap thing. Yeah. But whatever. Everyone knows the first like riff of the song, yep. so it was like surreal. Like
1: but at this point, it's just like, well, what the fuck? Well, what the fuck?
0: But that that, that that was my reaction. <laughs> uh, holy moly! Like wearing his wearing his
1: AEW official merchandise of a white shirt. <laughs> Some white V neck t shirt. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so wild. Like, and then the fact is that he doesn't really. I mean, they have a little pull up role, right? Mm-hmm. And but like. The fact is that you didn't have to debut all four of them in one match. Or in one night. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Like, you could have spread it out. It was it was just swagger. It was pure swagger from Tony Khan.
0: Oh, I think you meant Jack Swagger. No, no,
1: no. Was he even on the show? Probably not.
0: What did Jericho do at? at it the, f- the final
1: uh, MJF match?
0: Yes. So maybe Swagger was like in
1: the. Yeah, I think he came out and brawled with Wardlow. Gotcha. But yeah, my point is like, they were. Tony Khan was just flexing. Yeah? Was just flexing. It was like, hey, I have four massive debuts. I'm just going to go ahead and give you all of them at once. Like, it's an incredible, ballsy move to not spread those out. Mm -hmm. And also, you just had CM Punk. Yeah. You just had CM Punk a couple of weeks before. The guy's been gone for like eight years. You you got him to come out of wrestling or
0: come out of retirement. Yeah,
1: and now you're just gonna casually drop four massive debuts. Yeah, including one from New Japan, Forbidden Door. Yep. You've got a a major acquisition from WWE. You've got or Forbidden Door. You've got a former WrestleMania main eventer from this year. From this year. The cool. longest reigning NXT champion of all time who was in a featured match at Takeover like a week before. Yep. Just an incredible an incredible flex and just being very open about the fact that I'm gonna just We got more of these. Yeah. There's more coming. So It's the implication that there's more coming and that we can afford to do this because there's more coming. thank you
0: for mentioning that because, yeah, I think what I want to end this on
1: is perception
0: because WWE is the biggest company in the world still. They're not the hottest company in the world. And if you're a talent and you're signing or re-signing, where do you want to be? Where do you have the best chance? At some point, AEW may not be that place.
1: No, I mean it's entirely possible the pendulum can swing in the opposite direction. Yeah. But here's what I wanted to. Uh, here's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. We're talking about debuts. Yep. Yeah. All right. We spent an hour talking about WWE debuts, and now we're talking about AEW debuts mm-hmm. for another hour. When was the last great WWE debut that we talked about?
0: Are we cl- Are we counting NXT
1: to yep. mid roster. It's, I don't know the exact number, but it's years. It's not recent. The one that I can think of
0: would be Owens. It was in 2015. Okay,
1: so it's almost seven years ago. uh uh-huh. Because I don't consider the Balor debut to be, like, a great debut. No. So, if it's Owens, I mean, whatever it is. It's, whether it's Owens or Nakamura or AJ Styles or whatever, it's years ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody has felt like a big deal coming into that company for many years. Yeah. Um, and the people that they do bring in, even if they reach a certain height, it takes a while and it's stutter-stepping and faltering, mm-hmm. right? What we've seen from the AEW episode is that most of the people they bring in, they do okay. Mm-hmm. That's good enough. The talent... Is good, so people are excited to see them. Yeah. There have been a few that have been absolute knockouts. Yeah. And there have been a few that were absurdly bad. But even those that have been bad, in the case of Amiro, have been completely rehabbed. In the case of the Dark Order, completely changed the the narrative here, and we've got a completely new thing in our hands. Yeah. In the case of an Andrade, it's oh okay. Well something's gonna happen happens. at some point. Let's see what happens, yeah. But perception perception wwe is a place where you debut ice cold mm-hmm. and maybe they'll get you lukewarm in five years uh ricochet <laughs> ricochet in uh or, or a good example might be apollo cruz right like mm-hmm. brother debuted okay yeah was ice cold in the main roster and now five years later he's, all right. he's good he's all right He's not, like, he's not appreciably uh, uh,
0: moved up the card. Uh,
1: yes, but
0: my point is... But dis- Yes, your point is... Th-
1: that's, that's best case scenario, because worst case scenario is you're fired. Mm-hmm. Right? AEW is a place where they will try their best to knock it out of the park on the first try, mm-hmm. but even if they don't, they're going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they don't want you to fail. Yeah. Or... I mean, they don't want you to fail. WWE is a place where um, either they don't give a shit or sometimes they seemingly seemingly actively want you to fail.
0: Seemingly? (laughs) I've watched enough WWE in the last 20 years to know if they don't have faith in you or they don't like you.
1: I mean... You're screwed. Fucking Ascension. Ascension, 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 Ascension. Drake Maverick, <laughs> uh, uh,
0: you know, like, I know she was pushed at the time, but like the stuff that they were, you know, the whole AJ Lee stuff was like, yeah, she's crazy, but it's like, well, you're, she was bipolar, yeah, and you made it, it's like storyline. I mean, I mean Mickey James, Mickey James,
1: yeah, um, oh, God, <laughs> you know, we could go that we could go on forever, but I mean, Tony Storm's apparently about to get that. Uh, that treatment unbelievable. I, <laughs> I don't want to. We don't want to
0: say it on the air because, like, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you, but <laughs> clueless, mm-hmm. like. She's a good worker. She's a great wrestler. Beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Has a character, right? Allegedly. I mean, it's a character, I guess. And you're fixated on, like, this one thing about her that isn't even <laughs> it's right. It's not even a thing. Not even a thing. Uh, and you're gonna waste years of her career, basically, probably. Yeah. Uh, she'll be a good debut at some point in yeah. AEW. Um, and that's what's gonna happen, I think, is WWE won't change for the better to keep these talents, where if they realize money isn't that important mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna go elsewhere. And we saw that with Cole. Where you saw that with uh, Brian. Yep. I mean, like, I don't know if they would have negotiated with Punk, but, like, if they knew, like, what Punk was going to mean in AEW, they probably would have given him, like, a crazy deal to come in. I remember
1: seeing the reports that were like, well, we'll let. He'll be their problem, like, not.
0: Like, you know, <laughs> why was he a problem there? You ever figure out, like, maybe it's the environment? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's apparently kind of hard to deal with, but, like, seems to be okay so far. Yeah. He's been there for, like, two months, and no one's saying he's a piece of shit, so... Yeah. Anyways, perception is, is changing. So, they just had the, the, the head-to-head uh, mm-hmm. AEW beat SmackDown, and, like, the key demo in a 30-minute... Overlap, yeah. Yeah, so... And they had Brock Lesnar in that 30-minute uh, overlap. And Becky.
1: And Becky. They're two... Against... They're two biggest stars yeah. those are in fact the stars that they brought back to counter punk to counter yeah punk
0: yeah and punk face and Mid carter no offense matt sidel but and it was it should have been competitive and in fact like they won in certain demos so i don't know what this really means but uh yeah i think wwe's not needs to change yep
1: uh, they need to. They need to debut a new attitude. Just
0: getting rid of Vince and Bruce <laughs> and Michael Hayes, and
1: you know. Vince can debut in a retirement home. Ah uh, man.
0: We have to do a Triple H episode.
1: Tri- we got to do a Triple H episode. We got to do a Vince episode because those two guys so fucking. Like
0: what this this <laughs> last year, of NXT, I know we did the NXT episode. Yeah,
1: we don't even know if Triple H is still dying. He's alive, I think. I that's why I said dying. Oh, got it um is he out of the hospital (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't
0: know but um triple h and that company i don't know what that's gonna look like in like two two to five years poor him you know like i don't feel bad for the guy but you spend years trying to build talent yeah by (coughs) pillaging talent uh and then they go nowhere in fact they go to the competition yeah so.
1: I mean, you literally, you almost gift-wrap them and give them a competition. Maybe you don't, but your father-in-law does. Yeah. Crazy. Thanksgiving will be a lot of fun. Thanksgiving suck.
0: He can't even eat the turkey. Oh, no. His heart is in bad shape. And then you gotta, like, talk to Vince about Tony Storm. <laughs>
1: well, goddamn it, pal.
0: She's so fucking fat. And I want Hunter to be like... <laughs> okay.
1: Uh... Jesus. Anyways. Alright. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call an Audible. We're gonna debut the end of this episode. Tag me out, brother. Uh, well we can't both do it. Oh. Nice. Okay. <laughs>